saying. How many of you have ever used this saying? Let's be honest. If you're watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook, please engage. Shoot us a line. Just let us know. Have you ever used this line? Sticks? I probably don't even have to finish. Just one word, and you probably know what I'm talking about. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You ever used that before? Have you ever said that? That's not truth. Yeah, right. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. The earliest usage we have of this silly statement, and I've used it too, is from 1862. And it's amazing to me that this has been able to keep traction for more than 160 years. I believe it's because humanity has always looked for a defense mechanism. When someone says something that causes pain, so this has stuck around as a go-to phrase that aims to put up a shield when a word penetrates that causes a wound. And so this evening, just for a little bit here, I want to share it on this, this topic. Sticks, stones, and words all hurt. Sticks, stones, and words all hurt. Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for every man, woman, and child who is tuning in online, either live or maybe at a later time, God. We're so thankful, Jesus, for the church and to be a part of a body of believers, God. And I just pray, let your word come to life, God. Let your word come to life in a marvelous way because this is, Wednesday night is known as Principles for Life here at Refuge Church. So help us to take this life principle and learn from it and apply it in Jesus' name. Amen. Words are powerful and life-changing. The book of Proverbs that places a ton of emphasis. We're going to spend a lot of time here in Proverbs because the book of Proverbs puts a large emphasis on the power of words. The wisdom writer of Proverbs says that, he goes on to say that words actually can bring life or death. Look at Proverbs 18.21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. If words can literally cause death or life, should we not be more careful about the way we use them? Too often, we flippantly will say something, oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean nothing by it. But those words have already been sprayed all over the place. That, I mean, you think about something, just to even use a foolish example, this doesn't work with bullets and guns. It's not like you can just say, well, I was just shooting all over the neighborhood. I didn't intend to actually hit anyone. I'm sorry to hear that, but you're still going to jail. <laughs> I mean, I understand that I'm reaching a bit with the example, but I don't want to just spew my words all over the place and all over the church in my neighborhood, throw caution to the wind and just tell somebody, oh, I was just kidding or, or yeah, you know. No, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the mouth will reveal what's in your heart, good or bad. And so words, let's look at a few things that words make up. Words make up lies. Proverbs 14.5, a faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. 14.25 says, a true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. Now, if our words come out too much, even we say we're kidding, if we start to get that reputation, what do we become known as? A liar. 
I don't want to think of my graves, my tombstone eventually saying he was a liar. <laughs> Our influence in the lives of others will be either limited. Hear this, hear this. This is a good one. Our influence in the lives of others will either be limited or empowered by what comes out of our mouths. Your influence in someone's life is going to be limited or empowered by the words that you speak. How about arguments? Proverbs 26, 26 17 says, Interfering in someone else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ears. You ever yanked on a dog's ears before or seen someone yank on a dog's ears? Unless that dog is even-tempered, amazingly well-trained, you yank on a dog's ear, you yank on any part of the dog's body, you're probably going to hear yelp, bark, or get bit. It doesn't end well. And so it causes pain and trauma. It gets you in trouble, and it's not wise. Well, just like that, interfering in someone else's argument will cause you pain and trauma. It gets you in trouble, and it's not wise. How about slander? We find words all through Proverbs. Slander, Proverbs 10, 18. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. So what's a slander? Slander is making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. According to Scripture, that makes you a fool. Even if you uttered it thinking that it was correct and not false, at the very, very least... Do your research before you speak. When I say research, that does not include, well, I looked on social media and my friend's friend had said something about their friend's friend and so I thought it was true. That's not research. That's not research. At the least, do your research. At best, here's great advice. Just stay out of everyone's business. Unless you're there to be an encouragement and pray and say, hey, I'm here for you. We really don't find any. I've never heard. Maybe I got to think because I don't like to use the word never. That's, that's a really big. That's a really strong word. But I can't think of a time where someone is repeating someone else's business and it, and it ends really well. Doesn't usually happen. That leads us into what? Gossip. Proverbs talks about that too, Proverbs 11, 13. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Gossip is destructive. Gossip is talking about someone who's not present to someone who is neither part of the problem nor the solution. That was good right there, so you probably write that down or save that. Gossip is destructive. In, in human, there has never in the history of humankind been something good come out of gossip. Oh, I just was telling you this. and Yeah, I just, I'm not trying to be a gossip. Okay, there's a reason why God says he hates it. It is an abomination to him. It destroys confidence. It ruins reputation of both the gossiper and the person being gossiped about. See, you think, well, I'm gossiping about this person. It could ruin their reputation. No, no, no. Any intelligent person knows you're ruining your reputation. Because anybody that is a good leader knows, 
hey, that person is talking about people or that person is always being talked to from other people, I don't feel confident with that person in leadership. It destroys unity in churches, in families, in workplaces. It keeps ministry from going forward. It stifles the Spirit of God. And remember this, if someone talks to you about someone, they're talking about you to someone too. You mean to tell me you think you're the most trustworthy person in the world and the person talking to you is only talking to you because they can just trust you so well. If they're talking about someone who's not there and you're not part of the problem, you're not part of the solution, know this for a fact, they're talking about you at times also. How about rumors? R Proverbs 18.8. Rumors, it says, are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Rumors are dainty. What is a dainty morsel? It doesn't sound very masculine. Dainty. I don't want to be a part of anything dainty. A morsel is a small amount of something, a, a tidbit, a sliver, just a little part. Kind of what Paul, the apostle, teaches about sin. When he writes to the Galatian church in Galatians 5.9, he says, A little, a tidbit, a teeny, a tiny morsel, a little bit, a little leaven, which represents sin. Leaveneth the whole lump. Sin, when it gets in, just a little bit, and it's, just, it's destructive. It never feels like just one is going to hurt someone. It's just a little white lie. It's just a kiss. It's one movie. It's one puff, one sip. I don't want to gossip. I just want to tell you one thing. A little leaven. Leaveneth the whole lump. A morsel. And that passage said, rumors are dainty morsels. This is usually something of high quality and much desired, much like a, a morsel of chocolate. I was going to bring some in. You ever, you ever eat those snow caps? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Please don't leave me alone here. I have a sweet tooth. If you're a vegetarian and you just eat greens and you only drink water, okay, this isn't for you. You can tune up for the next 20 seconds, all right? I'm talking to the junk food eaters that like candy, like me, okay? Snow caps, those little tiny chocolate candies with the little white nonpareils, however you pronounce it, little, and you, and you got the sweet, semi-sweet chocolate with a little bit of a crunch, and they're just, just tiny, you know, just bite-sized. They're, they're awesome. But it's originally referred to specifically as a food, a dainty morsel. And, and that little, that innocent thing, that little snow cap, you know, that's what I think about. I don't know why. It says, Scripture says it sinks deep into the heart. That just that little tiny thing gets way down deep. Those dainty morsel rumors usually get a lot of traction. Why is that? Why do dainty morsel rumors get a lot of traction? Why? Let's be honest, because they're tasty. And no, I'm not just talking about snow caps anymore. The information that someone shares, it's just too good. It's too good. It's too, it's too interesting not to share. You know, like you heard something, or this person did this, they said this, they left our church. There, did you hear about their marriage? Did you hear about their career, their finances, what happened? And we say, oh, that's interesting. Did you hear what they, they were talking about? Oh, my goodness. And so it's, it's just dainty, just tasty. It gets deep down in here. 
And any time you have to preface something that you're about to say with things like, I'm not trying to gossip. That's like mayday, mayday, mayday. Somebody starts talking to me and they go, you know, I'm not trying to gossip. Like, I am at that moment going, oh, Lord, what is about to come out of their mouth? Because somehow we think when we offer that disclaimer that it means that now we're approved that we actually don't gossip because I prefaced my gossip by saying I'm not here to gossip. We think that works. If we're saying, I'm not trying to gossip, or I hope you don't think, or I just want you to help me pray, or have you heard, very often what comes after those statements is like nothing good. And it's usually something that God is not finding profitable. How about flattery? You know, we're we're just spending some time. I just scripturally, principles for life tonight, these words that come out of our mouth. Sticks and stones and words do hurt. Flattery, Proverbs 27, 21, so she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. Talked about this at our church here recently. I spoke on Father's Day. And in that context, on Father's Day, I was talking about purity and guarding against unfaithfulness. But in today, this evening's context, I'm talking about the power of words. Don't get sucked into flattery. It seems harmless. Like, you know, you know, it's, flattery doesn't seem like a big thing. You know, okay, I get gossip, and, and I get pride and lying and all that, but, but flattery? But look what Scripture says. Proverbs 26, 28, a lying tongue hate, hates its victims, and flattering words, Scripture here says, flattering words cause ruin. Cause ruin. Psalm, when you go to the book of Psalms, it, it's says in 12.2, neighbors lie to each other, speaking with flattering lips and deceitful heart. May the Lord cut off their flattering lips and silence their boastful tongue. There's not true love and flattery. That's why Solomon says, or Scripture says in Proverbs 28.23, in the end, people appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. You ever had to address someone with honest criticism? If you really love that person, it's agonizing. Because you're sitting there, and now if you don't care about that person, you say things, you spew things out of your mouth, and and that's detrimental, and you have an issue. But if you really care about someone, you know that it's agonizing to try, okay, how am I going to say this? I don't want to hurt them, but yet I love them, and I want to make them aware of the way I feel or what's going on or the weakness that I see. And so it's an agonizing thing, but when you bring it to them, you're doing it because you love that person. Scripture says in the end, people appreciate Honest criticism far more than flattery. Is flattery sin? It's tough. I would probably say yes. Christians should not flatter others. It might seem harmless, but Scripture says it's dangerous. Flattery boosts egos, pride. It can cause, it can put pressure on the person who's being flattered. flattered. Flattery is mostly to seek favor from someone. Or it might be a complete lie, and it's a tool that false teachers or manipulators will use. Complimenting is sincere. Don't don't get away from complimenting. Complimenting is great. It's sincere. It's unselfish. But enemies flatter with their lips but have ill intentions in their heart. And then bragging. More power of words. 
Proverbs 27, 2. Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. You know, when we do something well or we do something right, I think we want, we want people to notice that. Like, hey, that was, I just wore a new shirt. Don't you like it? Or, boy, I preached a good message. Did you think it was a good message? I sang a good song. I thought I did pretty well today. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm my trade. I'm good at what I do. We don't want to say that, but yet you want people to know. You want people to acknowledge and recognize your gifting or your talent. But Scripture says, let someone else praise you, not your own mouth. A stranger, not your own lips. My wife and I will joke sometimes. She'll give me a compliment. I'll be busy doing something. And sometimes I'll just stop and I'll say, well, you know, I can take time to listen if you want to talk more about that. Why? Because my love language, one of them is words of affirmation. So if my wife says, hey, you did really well. I'm impressed by this. I'll stop. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. I'd love to hear about this. Why? Because we have words. That's one of our love languages. And I think all of humanity, you know, we like to be recognized for something we did well. There's nothing wrong with that, but we must always guard against pride. And when we start bragging to others about accomplishments, it shows one of two things. It either shows pride or insecurity. Pride, I genuinely think I'm better than everybody. I want to tell you how good I am. Or insecurity, I'm trying to make you think I'm good, and so I'm going to tell you about how good I am at things because at the heart of the matter, I'm actually very insecure. And my dad raised me. He, he said, when I started preaching, man, he was always... I would, I would preach a message that I thought went well, and the altars would be filled, and I'm like, yes, God was great. And my dad would, he, he, he would, he would encourage me when I was down, and then when I would be doing well, he would just kind of keep me level-headed. He'd say, well, just remember, Gary, Bible says a man thinketh himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Just remember, Gary, that take heed lest you fall. You just got to remember your strength comes from God. Like, he would just drop little one-liners in there. Oh, thanks, 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 Dad. Appreciate that. But he would just drop that in because he wanted me to know that, hey, yes, walk in the confidence that God has given you. He'd give you a word or whatever you're, you're doing in your walk of life. But just remember that all good things come from above and that my strength comes from the Lord and that at any moment in time, you can be high on the mountain and you can fall off real fast. So it's important that we are not living in fear, but just walking knowing, hey, I know that God is the one who, if I'm doing something well, if I'm succeeding in something, it's because of God's blessing. And so that's where I take confidence in him. And so we don't have to ever say, my dad would say, if somebody says, you preached well, you don't have to go, oh, really? Did you really think it was good? We, you know, people will do this. You sang a beautiful song. Oh, I didn't think it was that. And, and in our minds, we're, we're thinking that that's humility because we're trying to put ourselves down because someone complimented you. Oh, that was just Jesus. I'm not really anything. And somehow we think that that's all right. But at least in the home I was raised, my dad would say, you just look at someone and say, thank you so much. That's so nice of you. That's it. I don't have to put myself down. But I don't have to exalt myself. I don't have to tell anybody how good I can do something because I don't need to be insecure. But I also don't need to be prideful and bragging and praising something I did with my own lips. Somebody wants to say something nice. You just look at them and you say, thank you. That's it. Thank you. 
knowing that God has given me some type of ability, to use some type of ability to do something well. We all can do something well. And so when someone notices that, you just, hey, thanks. What's really hard is when you fall on your face and they try to pick you up. <laughs> I'll never forget when I sang at my grandpa's funeral. I sang How Great Thou Art. And I, 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 I think I started, oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder. Man, it was like the worst. I'm surprised my grandpa didn't sit up out of his casket and slap me. It was, it was that bad, okay? It was horrible. And um, I get done, people are like, that was so good, Gary. You did I'm like, don't flatter me. It was horrible. It was a terrible rent, and that was not looking for a compliment. But that's what's hard is to say thank you when you know somebody actually doesn't mean it. And they're just trying to be nice. But So we just remember, bragging shows one of two things, pride or insecurity. Scripture offers such timeless advice. Let someone else praise you, not your own lips. There's power in words. You think about someone who talks about how great they are. Oh, I did this, I did that, I know that I can do this. And like... If I bring someone in for a quote into my house, I appreciate when someone says, oh, yeah, I can take care of that, no problem. But that there, you're going to want to call somebody that's not my area of expertise. I have a ton of respect for that because I go, okay, they obviously know their craft, but they're not trying to be a, a, a jack of all trades and a master of none. I appreciate that. So when someone is constantly telling you how good they are about something, do you look to that person for advice? Does that person have a voice of authority in your life because they just know about everything? Like, usually they're not respected very much. Words reflect the heart. Proverbs 18, 4, the words of a man's mouth. And this is, this is written back when, when things were not written toward women, but you can absolutely apply, men, women, both. When words of a person's mouth are as deep waters and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. Our words flow deeply from somewhere. They come from the inside. Oh, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. No, no, no. Yeah, but you can kid, but when you kid about the same thing so many times, those words are coming from somewhere. Proverbs repeatedly emphasizes that foolish people speak foolish words. In Proverbs, they're represented by a woman named Folly throughout the book of Proverbs. Someone may attempt to conceal their true heart, but eventually the wellspring comes up and the words come out. That's why, that's why we have to guard what we watch and listen to. Because if you're watching and listening to things that are outside of God's will, if they're ungodly, meaning they're against the word of God, if there's a principle in the word of God that says this is sin, and then we watch it for entertainment, that's sinful. So we're hiding something. The words and images are hiding, going down into the wellspring, and eventually those will work their way out. So that's why we want to be wise in what we do and watch and listen to. And so lessons like this are integral. And I'm just about done. They're integral to be the person of God he wants you to be. We need God's help when aiming to control our tongue. Matter of fact, look what James says in the New Testament, James 3, 2. It says, indeed, we all make many mistakes. Can I get an amen? I know I can say amen to that. We all make mistakes, many mistakes. For if we could control our tongue, notice his line of thinking is we make a lot of mistakes. Why? 
Well, the very thing he mentions is the tongue. The majority of our mistakes are coming from that tongue of ours. If we can control our tongue, we'd be perfect. Could also control ourselves in every other way. So he's literally saying the tongue's the most hard to control. That's what he says. If you can control your tongue, you can control everything. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even the winds are strong. Even when the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. I wonder how many tiny sparks from our mouths have started a lot of fires. How many friendships and church strife and job strife because something happens. Well, oh, I didn't say that. So-and-so said that. And yeah, now there's a big thing. They're in the boss's office. Pastor's talking to them. There's leadership problems. Like, how many forest fires of life start with a small spark? And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's the whole, it, it is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it's set on fire by hell itself. Yikes. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. But then God steps in, and he says, I'm going to make their body the temple of my spirit, and I'm going to dwell in them. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm even going to give them a sign of the covenant like I've always done through the Old Testament. But this sign's going to be different. I'm going to let them know that my spirit's dwelling in their body. And the sign that that happens is they're going, I'm going to, I'm going to grab a hold of the most unruly part of the human body. And if they will allow me, they're going to speak with other tongues as my spirit gives them the utterance. It's beautiful. And Romans 10, 10 says, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Our mouths are powerful in salvation. There's power in the tongue. Life and death are in the tongue. We're going to choose which one. Our, our mouths are going to be a part of life, speaking and giving life, or speaking and destructing and de destroying things and being destructive. And as you examine your words, remember it's the 21st century. If you didn't know that, we're in the 21st century. Words are no longer powerful when we're just face to face. But the words you speak, the posts you share, the videos you approve or like, do they incite violence, discord, Hatred, division, or do they lead to forgiveness, love, unity, the outpouring of God's spirit? Social media is a powerful tool of the 21st century. It gives us all a global platform. How are you using yours? I'll never forget the acronym I heard when I was younger. And it was just for speaking, but now it can be social media in the 21st century too. It is the acronym THINK. Is it true? Is it helpful? It is, is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Before you speak, before you post, before you share a thought, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary and is it kind? 
people are going to do and say things we don't agree with. It's, it's going to happen. But if send, instead of going to someone else, instead of attacking the person and their words, remember Proverbs 15, 1, power of words, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make temper sway. So somebody's got you angry, oh, it's frustrating. Is it more important to win the argument or to win the soul? And so as I close, very often you're going to find it's better to take things to God than it is to someone else. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanks, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And then he goes on, he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there's any virtue, any praise, think on those things. Because what are words, they're from that well spring deep within us. They're going to they're gonna come out from our thoughts. So think about good things. Think about godly things. Pray and say, God, help me to see the best in other people. Use me to bring out the best in other people. Because if all you did is said, man, last week I was 7-0 in my arguments online. Who cares? I'd rather win the soul than win the argument. You have power right now to bring death or life to someone with your words. Let's, let's go ahead and leave right now, wherever you are, if you're face-to-face, if you're in, able to communicate with somebody, a family member, a friend, a coworker, you're going to see somebody on the job later, a friend that maybe it's a family member that you haven't been speaking to lately. You have the power to speak life or death with your tongue. Which one are you going to choose? I want to go and bring life to my world, not only the people I can see, but my global reach that I have through social media accounts. So go and do it. Go speak life to someone.